Yes, coming in hot with episode 49 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean and I'm joined by a man who's been calling for Chris Wilder's head and finally got it, Jobber. How are you, mate? Feel good yeah. about yourself? Yeah, I do. I've been calling it since he was in the championship. Um, I just wasn't, didn't think he was up to it. I know he got that record points tally for the club, but I've been calling for a long time. And look, I must apologise to our listeners. I took the week off last week to um, work on my tan for a bit. So we had we had the weekend off. Did you do anything interesting? Um, what did I do? I think I just played football, really. Um, and how's the tan coming along? Are you looking translucent? What are, uh, what nah, so it? strong. I, I, I'm what am I? Thirty-one now, and I still can't get a tan. I just burn, burn well, but like crisp. You can sort of smell it coming off me. Um, look, let's get into it. What's the flavour of the pod? All right, flavour of the pod. We've got uh, opening question, weekly happenings. Big week of Prem. Then we're into the um, Champions League, so that's really starting to sharpen up. Then Europa, and we'll cover Chris Wilder as well, why not? But uh, let's get into opening questions. All right, mate. So this one's been a big one. So um, a colleague of mine tagged me in this. So Newport's Kevin Ellison scored against his former team after the manager froze him out and made him train by himself. So naturally, I feel like this happens quite a bit, but it's finally been internationally reported. So he ran over to the manager got in his face and said, have that, you twat, um, which I feel like that happens a lot. And I've definitely heard people say that to me before. Um, so, look, That's your nickname, who do you know? So, yeah. <laughs> have that. Um, so, who's come back from the dead? Like, what's your favourite redemption story outside of this one from Newport? Um, oh, there's a bunch, but I think I'll give an honourable mention to uh, Adebayor. Um, and his goal against Arsenal for Man City and where he runs the length of the pitch. Yep. Quick nod to that one. Um, yeah. But the most my, my what I'm going for is a more recent example of uh, Luis Suarez. So he's at Barcelona. They've got some uh, wage bill troubles. Um, he gets frozen out, gets told he's finished, moves him on and say, oh, look, you know, you're out to market. Who's going to take you? Atletico come in, pick him up, um, and now Atletico sit top six points, and Suarez, who was leading the goal-scoring record um, in La Liga all year, is um, still second with 18 and only one behind Messi. Mm. So to be fair to Suarez, I thought he was done as well. So, yeah, look at him and uh, that's probably the biggest redemption story. And, how he, and I think if Atletico can hold on and go and win it, I think you'll see some really, really petty behaviour from Suarez, which I'm looking forward to. I hope so. I hope so. Um, my favourite one was going – Back, I'll uh, be 20-odd years. Um, one of my favourite players when I was a kid was David Ginola. Do you remember him? Yep. Yeah, you don't forget David Ginola. So um, he was criticised wildly by manager John Gregory, who was not very well liked. Um, and John Gregory said he was overweight and not in shape to play football. I think he straight out called him fat, um, which you can't do anymore, as you well know. Um, so <laughs> Ginola's goal is an absolute worldie and rips his top off and honestly the man looks like he's carved out of stone um, and he like goes over and he, he's probably five meters away from Gregory giving him the absolute biggins and just standing there like an absolute tank um, that was my favorite one and it's got that connotation it was, was he at um, Villa then or still at Newcastle uh, I think it was a Villa at that point yeah I think he was at Villa but John I think John yeah. Gregory made both didn't he yeah, that's why I'm confused yeah. where he was. I can't remember. I can only picture Ginola. It seemed like the day was really sunny that day and it was sort of gleaming off him. But look, um, quite a bit going on this week. So the biggest story, of course, is Chris Wilder getting the sack slash 
I'm not sure if he left by mutual consent. What did you make of this? Was is this too little, too late? And is it like what's the point? Yeah, I, I think so. I think if you're going to change the manager and try and um, change the trajectory of their season, I think you would have done it a while ago. But obviously they're down now, so the damage is done. So I think you're probably looking at next year and saying, well, is he the best guy to bring us up? And the answer to that would probably be yes, considering he was the one who's um, got a proven record of, of bringing them up. So, yeah, a bit of an old one, but, I mean, his position was it was getting a bit untenable. Yeah, and what I you suppose think? you look at – well, I, I just think it's – like it's a bit redundant now. Like we're in mid March, they're already down, um, and the only example that's like prominent is Norwich City, who kept Daniel Farker, and like they're fine. So, yeah, I, I think given this stage of the season, what are we twenty eight, twenty nine games in? I think if I was um, Chef United, I would have kept him, and as you say, try to get that bounce and get everyone back up from um, the championship back up in the Prem next year because um, he's got time to work with the players and, you know, work on different things and change their style and, you know, change their style in terms of well, they should be able to play a little bit more um, in the championship. So if that's what he wants to do, he should go be able to go down that path, but not to be. Yeah. Um, all right, so next one is Cristiano Ronaldo bagged a hat-trick on the weekend. So you said he was done midweek, said he no longer had it and his reputation had been tarnished, but he hit that 770 career goals mark. So you you said to me off air as well that you've hit that many at training. You're doing the Romario count. Um, but what did you make of this one? Uh, that's wildly untrue. But uh, so yeah, perfect hat trick on the weekend inside 27 minutes. I think it was um, to bring up to bring up the 770th goal. And did you see his little social media post to Pele? Little nod to Pele as he overtook him. Yeah, yeah, little nod. He's gone happened. with um. Yeah, he's gone. Oh, I think. I know everyone was shocked that I didn't come out last week and say I've beaten the record, but no, I respect his one goal for the Brazilian army team. I respect <laughs> his one goal for uh, that he did on some college game or something like that. Um, so he's like, yeah, so I've got full respect for him. And uh, But I was just like, obviously, Ronaldo's running a whole stats team behind the scenes. If you can dig up his one goal for the army reserves team um, and count that, so... Yeah, like obviously it's a big achievement, but I mean, it's just, it's not the, doesn't leave the best taste in my mouth, I don't think. No, and apparently, I think Joseph Bikan, the Hungarian forward, or Czech forward, has scored more. Everyone's just pretending he's not there, but um, it depends on how you count them because there's a couple of ways to do it. Um, next one, Brighton forward Aaron Connolly was caught breaching COVID lockdown. Have you seen this? Right, so I haven't seen this, and I'm going to stay clear of this one. I yeah, think, I think I'm, it's, it's, quite, it. <laughs> it's quite libelous, um, but he was caught breaking lockdown rules, which we can confirm, but apparently there's tape floating around as well if you're that way inclined. Um, so <laughs> Montpellier played names on the weekend. Um, Andy Delort scored for Montpellier, so he ran over to the camera with a gummy crocodile, um, which is the symbol of names, and ate it. Uh, goal was ruled out by VAR and Neem scored four minutes later. So that was an interesting one as well. Um, You've got to be careful of those type of celebrations these days because of VAR. Like I mentioned off the top, Adebayor's pitch yeah. length run down to the Arsenal fans. And can you imagine him doing that these days and then VAR checking it or something like that? Like he just yeah. would have got helped to help us. So well, I think gone are the days of those. Yeah, Suarez has bitten someone in back play. Like, you just you can't legislate for that. Um, last one is Jose Mourinho's daughter turned 24 um, the other day. And uh, the first like 
that is noticeable there was John Terry. So I thought that was that's, nice to see. That's cheeky from you and unnecessary. Yeah. Oh, just a manager and his, his former combatant came close to the family. Um, all right, so let's go into the EPL review brought to you by Amex this week, isn't it? Yeah, we love Amex. A couple of uh, links in the show notes for everyone. You're welcome. No, good time. So look, uh, quick one. Newcastle won, Aston Villa won. Big point for the Toon Army with a LaSalle's header. You got much to add on this one? Uh, not really, other than, yeah, it is, a, it is a big point and they keep just chipping away at uh, at the points tally for themselves. Picked up three draws in the last five, which is a reasonable pace for them and I think that they keep going at that pace yeah. and for them, I don't know, what they try hard and then, then they fall away. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But come from behind, I think that's a big point for Brucey. Yeah, massive header from LaSalle's there. You like to see that from the skipper when they're down. Um, but Villa need to sharpen up a little bit. Um, the chasing pack of, you know, clubs like Leeds, Crystal Palace, Arsenal, like they could, you know, they could overtake them anytime soon. But let's move on to the next one. So Leeds United nil, Chelsea nil. A like a defensive showing from Leeds United. Were you surprised by this at all? Uh, yeah, well, obviously the result shocked me. Is more so. Oh, did the style of play? No, I think the results shocked me more than Leeds' style of play because it was still like rather energetic. I think both teams are still going back and forth, back and forth to each other. So um, I don't think that aspect shocked me. But yeah, I was expecting Chelsea to to beat them, and it's a huge. As soon as they slipped up, like it's just such a huge opportunity for um, sort of Everton and West Ham to to gain ground on them and um, and see if they can catch up. Uh, on uh, Tuchel's pace. But I think the one thing that says how the game sort of went was that uh, Mendy was uh, man of the match, um, Chelsea's keeper. So I think that's a little indication of how the game went. Yeah, it was interesting to see Mason Mount, Pulisic, Zayek and Havertz start in the front four there. Uh, do you think Tuchel had one eye on the Champions League this week? Potentially, yeah. I think Havik said, yeah, Havik, he had some good chances as well though. Um, where he probably should have scored. He played him up front, which I thought was a bit unusual. But I think when the as the Champions League games rolls around, I think yeah he'll come out of the team and uh, Werner will come in, back in. I think. Yeah, it's um I I get the sense that um, Tuchel's not happy with any of his strikers right now, um, and he's came out midweek saying that um, strikers a position that he can't coach. He said you've either got it or you're not. Um, and I suppose if you're watching Kai yeah. Havertz, you're probably thinking not um but yeah but that's that's not what you really want to hear from uh a top line manager isn't it? i can't coach a striker well that's i wonder I, I wonder if it's more like a um like i'm not going to overcoach you boys like step up and the spot is yours kind of thing because he's rotated that like he's played abraham Giroud, verna was there Havertz is there now like he's given everyone a chance uh, but mm. no, no one's taken it even though there's like everything behind that has improved markedly under him um, yeah, he went for a back four in this game as well, which is different. You know, he's been playing back threes um, with wing backs, whether that be Hudson Odoi or um, Chilwell on yeah. on either side, or um, even Alonso. But yeah, back four this time as well. Um, so good result for Leeds. Not really that helpful for Chelsea in their pursuit. Um, last interesting stat to come out this one is um, Edouard Mendy has actually kept more clean sheets as Chelsea goalkeeper than his conceded goals. It's so crazy start. What a it, right? what a difference Tuchel has made to that team. Um, got, there's two two big saves that stand out for me. One that was the little dink that um, he got a, a, t- a hand to that just clipped the crossbar, and the other one was um, like a a block shot where he ended up on the ground. And then um, I can't remember who it was. I think it was uh, Rafina who had, then had the second shot. And Mendy's on the ground. He just gets a big pour up and, and palms it down. Great save. 
Yeah, so um, yeah, so Chelsea stay fourth, so very important for them. Pick up a point, and Leeds United, 36 points in 12th. Um, they're safe now, but it's just a matter of whether they can sneak into one of those Europa League spots. Any chance? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think they're a chance, but, I mean, they've just got a lot of work to do, um, and depends on their run home, really. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on to the next one. So Crystal Palace 1, West Bromwich Albion 0. English people are constantly asking why there's a blackout at 3 p.m. and they can't watch football on a Saturday. This game is why. Um, what did you make of this one? Well, as soon as I saw the lineups, I saw Wilf back and I thought, here we go. Um, Palace, for me, will go ahead and win this rather easy and um, I'm looking for a big performance from Zaha at didn't really pan out that way. No, no, it was very, very dull affair, um, which was to be expected slightly. I thought I'd see a bit more fight from West Brom, to be honest, maybe a red card or something like that, but it's kind of the story of this season that a pretty critical match was decided by a penalty. Um, any complaints on the pen? No, I think that was a pen, and uh, well taken by um, Hojlovic. Yeah, he's a good penalty taker. So this one, so the actual match, um, fairly uninspiring. We don't have much to say about that, but the permutations of the result are significant, aren't they? So West Brom, are they done now? Is that it? I think they're officially done, aren't they? Yeah, I'm going to say that they're done. Interestingly, before you give me your answer, um, Big Sam said that they need 20 points out of the next 27. And if they can pick up 20 points, he thinks he can get them safe. What do you think? Really? Can Big Sam get it? Pick up Yeah, so they've got 18 points. points all season, and then now he wants 20 points in the in the last nine games, or 10 games. So if they were to put that type of form together, um, you know, you'd back them to get a good run in the Champions League next year. But, like, that's just ridiculous, Sam. Um, I love, I love how positive he is. is. Is Sam done? Well, I, Sam won't go down with them, will he? He no, won't go down to the championship. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No. Do you think he'll, he'll manage them in the championship or not? No. No, I think his ego is too big. Is it bloody yeah. England gaffer, mate? Show some respect. Um, but yeah, they're as good as that. that pint of wine. I've been They've bloody trapped him. But no, look, West Brom, 19th, 18 points. I think they are as good as done. They've actually got less wins than Sheffield United too, so probably doesn't bode well. Palace, obviously, now safe. Um, the other question is, so we're talking about two Premier League juggernauts. Um, oh, yeah. d- does Roy Hodgson stay on next year? I feel if like he's Palace alive, is... I think he stays on. <laughs> I think <laughs> if he's alive and breathing, um, I think he stays on, yeah. But he's I got feel vaccine, like he's... he's got a pep in his step. Let's call them blood clots. Um, no, because I, like, I feel like Palace are disappointed in where they are. But I don't think they have an appreciation of what the next step is, like how massive a step it is to be like a, a Premier League team that stays safe. Um, he could break the points tally for them this year. I think he has to get mid-50s. But like they're staying safe, which is great. But I don't think that's enough for them. They think they're, better, they think they're slightly better than where they are and they should be doing more. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Roy steps aside in the summer. Yeah, well, that, that's a Stoke problem, isn't it? If you yeah. went back to um, Stoke City, how like they were always in the Premier League and always safe, and Pulis um, had them had them like um, you know always doing enough to stay in the Prem for years on years on years, and then everyone at the club, the supporters mainly, were like, okay, well, what's next for us? Like we're now that we've sort of you know established ourselves as a regular Premier League 
um, outfit for the last five seasons. Let's take the next next step. Let's get rid of Pulis and bring someone in who wants to play some football. And that went down. So I think if you're a Palace fan, you might have to be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I think so. Um, but look, so yeah, as we said, West Brom stay 19th, 18 points. They need 10 points to catch Newcastle and they've barely accumulated that throughout the season. Um, and Crystal Palace, into 11, 37, three points, or four points behind Arsenal. So good result for them. Let's move on. Quickly touch on this one. Everton won, Burnley two. Now, you, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Everton, they look like they're on a bit of a streak, and now they're disappointing again. But um, great point, great three points for Burnley. And what a strike from McNeil. Oh, Jesus Christ. That was a good goal. There was a couple of goals in this game. I liked, um, obviously, McNeil's goal was the pick of the bunch. But I thought Dominic Calvin-Lewin's header was decent. And then was it Chris Woods? Um, he had a nice finish early on as well for the first goal. Yeah. So some couple of good finishes in this game. But, I mean, that, that, they've slipped up here, Everton. There's a huge chance with um, especially the earlier game of um, of uh, Chelsea getting a draw against Leeds. I think that's a good chance to pick up two points on them. And, yeah, they slipped up big time. Yeah, definitely. Um, again, disappointing from Everton. But they, they stay sixth. Um, just losing track on top four, which is funny because they're trailing West Ham, obviously, with Moisey having done such a great job at Everton when he was there. Um, and Burnley up to 33 points, into 15, four points clear of Brighton. Are you going to stick your neck out and say they're safe now? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's between uh, Fulham, Brighton and Newcastle now. I, I like I'm drawing a line through West Brom this week and I think Burnley are just on the other side of it as well. Um, I don't think they can be caught by – and you've got to remember that um, they've got to be caught by all three teams as well. Like for Burnley to go down, you know, Brighton has to win, Newcastle has to win, Fulham have to win and take them all over for Burnley to be down there. So I just can't see all three of those teams doing it. So therefore I'm calling Burnley safe on 33 points at the moment. Yeah, I think I think about 37 will probably be enough to keep you safe, I think. Um, I just yeah, I think it'll be a low, that that forty point mark that everyone talks about. I think it might be a little bit lower this year. Yeah. Um, all right. So next one is a bit of a layup here. So Fulham nil, Man City three. Um, I think if you're Scotty Parker, you're going into this game thinking, don't get absolutely battered, but let's not focus too much on this one. Um, City were majestic again. Um, do you have much to add on this one? Yeah, a couple of things for Pep's team. He's gone with a back three, um, which he's been playing a four more recently. Potentially that was just to get um, Diaz, Stones and Laporte all in the same team because one of those normally has to has to sit out when he plays a, a two. Um, Aguero back up front with the armband and got his goal. The first goal, he took a year off scoring goals. <laughs> a so year off. Back to- <laughs> just factor that in when everyone's talking about him as the greatest Premier League striker of all time. Um so, yeah, like a, a shuffle of the pack for um, Man City, probably one eye on the Champions League coming up. But Stones, I thought he did really well again, and it's nice to see a healthy Aguero. Um, in terms of Fulham, I thought uh, Loftus Cheek was a bit disappointing, and when he went there, I thought this will be a great move for him. He'll get some game time and potentially get himself back up into the England setup. But, I mean, he's just disappointing again for me. Yeah, I'm not going to read too much into this game, to be honest. Um, yeah, like Fulham were just absolutely no chance against Manchester City. And just, yeah, just don't get yourself hurt would be the key for that one and focus on next week. Um, so Manchester City stay first, bounce back after that um, 
not all, not at all surprising loss to Manchester United. Fulham stay 18th, but um, potentially a tough week for them as everyone else around them picked up points. They stay 18th, two points behind Toonami. All right, let's move to what was probably the biggest game in the relegation battle. Southampton won, not yet safe, Brighton 2. What did you make of this one? And, like, that was a massive three points for Brighton. So is this a South Coast derby or is it the South Coast derby? Or I can't remember. I think it's a South it. Coast derby because isn't Portsmouth, Southampton, the South right. Coast derby? So that's the and this is a South Coast derby. Yeah, so huge, huge result for, for Brighton. I think um, it wasn't really shocking. Like if you look at Southampton's run of form, they've been getting um, absolutely battered recently. Mm. Um, and... Um, yeah, missing their skipper, which which hurts as well. But I thought, like, Jay Adams, he, he loves a, a volley at the moment, doesn't he? <laughs> I, was, I was actually re-watching the highlights on the, the way into work this morning, and he, he, he does love a volley. Absolutely smashed that. Don't think he needed to. But um, not surprising, he gets on the score sheet. But they're already trailing through a Lewis Dunk header. So my, my issue with this is if you are um, – if you're Fraser Forster, why don't you have a man on the post? Like, that doesn't go in if there's a man on the post. Yeah, that's the old trick, though, isn't it? That, like, if someone's spare, if someone's not on the post, then he's marking, so you should stop it before mm. it gets to that point. Yeah. Whereas, and you can't hit him on the break as well because you don't have, you've got people on the post and marking. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I wasn't happy with it. Every time I see that, I just go the opposite. Um, but, like very important golf dunk there. So Che Adams equalises, um, but Brighton Brighton probably have on the balance of play Brighton the better team, and then a lovely bit of interplay between Lalana, Welbeck, and Trossard for the second goal for Brighton. Brighton are good for that. I think they did that a couple of times against Leicester and looked really good. So yeah, I think they do have that that like ability to have um, some sharp interplay and drop some passes off and set some players up and, and then slip some um, passes through. So, yeah, a really nice goal, nice build-up play. And, um, yeah, they're linking up nice and nice and quick um, Brighton at the moment. So, yeah, that'll, that'll look good for that goal. Yeah, so impressive from Brighton, but that was the first time they've scored twice in a Premier League game since a 3 all draw with Wolves in their first game of 2021. So that's 11 games since then. So they desperately needed this um, and they finally got those points. Major hold on. Southampton didn't really inspire towards the end there. But going back to our league table here, so that puts Brighton a point above Newcastle, three points above Fulham, and I they have a fairly handy goal difference in that respect. Um, like, is that enough? Do you think or just they're still very much in a scrap? I think they're very much in a scrap still. But um, I, I tell you that um, they're obviously looking less and less likely the, the more they um, more points they pick up because I think, as we said off the top, I think Burnley are safe now, so it's only between Brighton, Newcastle and Fulham. If you look at the next games, are you ready for this? Southampton play Burnley next. Oh, shit. Big one. And Brighton play Newcastle. So I think at the end of next week we will know a lot more. Yeah. That's huge. Brighton Newcastle is an absolute huge fixture. I tell you who it's huge for. It's huge for Brighton. It's huge for Newcastle. Mm. But I tell you who it's bigger for. Fulham. Yeah, yeah. You want it, you want like a couple of red cards and some injuries. Um, in that, <laughs> oh. one. that is big. 
that's that's going to go a long way deciding where we end up. Isn't it will, it? won't it? Yeah. Put your neck on the line. down there. That, that's going to be uh, that's going to be decided next week. I think. Put your neck on the line and head on the chopping block. Brighton, Newcastle, Fulham. Who goes down? Fulham. Really? Yeah. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go against the screen there. I'm going to say Newcastle. Really? Yep. Because I just think Fulham are in better form right now, and Newcastle are just not showing enough. Yeah, but I mean Newcastle got two points on them, so and a game in hand. So come on, Scotty, get up, boys. All right, so let's move on. So Leicester City five. Oh. So hang on. So Leicester City five against bottom oh. placed with fourteen points. Sheffield United just lost their manager. Um, what did you make of this game? Enacho's hat trick's obviously the talking point, but Sheffield United haven't never lost by more than three goals under Chris Wilder and all his time at the club, and then the first game that he leaves, it was by five. Yeah, well, when that happened, I thought I thought if Chris Wilder was in charge, Leicester would have a good day and um, should be able to batter Chef United and, and get some confidence and get some goals. Then when they had the manager change, I was like, oh, they're going to get that little, you know. Um, bounce. New manager bounce type thing, yeah. but. Yeah, it was not to be. But my question to you is how long before the likes of City and United come sniffing around Ianacho? That wouldn't be long. <laughs> um, well, they won't because Ianacho was already at City and he underperformed. So that they might come back. But it's more Manchester United's style to let a player go and then overpay for him. Um, no, I, I don't think so. Like two of those goals he should not have missed. Vardy put them on a plate for him. Like there's – Absolutely no way should have missed. Last one was okay, but you know that far out, three defenders around, and the, the keep should have done better. But it could have, it could have been a lot more. Like I think Vardy yeah. had some really good chances. I think Zinacho set him up for one, and that was headed off the line. Um, and I think Ramsdale made a couple of good saves from Vardy as well. And I think Vardy's finishing is a little bit off at the moment. So yeah, uh, like but the difference in Vardy's performance now than it was been for the last couple of weeks is that. Um, like he, he looks like himself again. Like he was hassling yeah. defenders, pinching the ball in good areas, getting him behind teams and stuff like that. So I think the next piece that come will be his finishing um, and he'll pick up those goals. But at the moment, um, or the last couple of weeks, he hasn't looked like himself. And I think he took a huge step to, to looking like himself again. Um, but I think, yeah, Leicester were much more balanced. So they had the finally got a chance to play back three again. I think that's what Brendy feels more comfortable with and Leicester looked much better with playing a back three. So, because Johnny Evans come back, so he, they had mm. Fafana, Sionchu, and, and Evans back there. So they look far more balanced and needy up into the midfield, which allowed a couple of wing wing backs to play as well. Um, and yeah, I think for Ian Acho, I think what he had to do is he had to make it work with him and Vardy being played up top together. So mm. because we don't have um, Madison or um, Castagna, oh no, sorry, Madison or. Pratt at the moment, um, who's a normal number 10. Um, Rodgie's gone with uh, two up front. So I think what Ian Nacho had to do was make it work and make sure that they could play together. And I think Vardy got a, a load of assists for Ian Nacho's goals and Ian Nacho set up Vardy for a couple of um, good chances as well. So mm. that probably plays well into Ian Nacho's hands because I think when they go back to one, it is going to be Vardy. But I think that if he's scoring like this, um, Brendy might second guess it. Yeah, I think it was clever from Brennan Rogers to play Ian Acho against Sheffield United because Jamie Vardy's goal scoring of late hasn't been great. Um, Ian Acho scored in three games with Robert, just took the pressure off Vardy for the goals and let him get back to Harry. And, and like that first, the first, not the first goal, but Ian Acho's first goal and Ian Acho's second goal was just Vardy too quick, 
slides it across and Nacho can't miss. Like just having Vardy in that like that space where he doesn't have to score, but he's still like a real presence up front, I thought was really good for him. Um, and I yeah. thought like Perez was very good and he's a player who can be quite scratchy. But um, Yuri Telemans was the standout for me outside of Anacho, obviously, with a hat trick. But he's just, he's so clever, Telemans. Just his passing, the way he cuts yeah, the fences to pieces. Yeah, he, his penetration um, passing and his through balls are quality there. Yeah, so great result for Leicester City. They went up to second but were pipped. Uh, we'll get to that later. But uh, great result for them. So they are five points clear of Chelsea. Looking pretty comfortable in that top four with a couple of players coming back in. Um, Sheffield United dead last and looking every bit of the worst team in the Premier League. So since we're up here um, discussing the top four, um, what are your thoughts on the top four and who's going to close it out this season? So uh, we talked about the other day, the yeah. title. So yeah, now we're looking at what really between Man U all the way down to I'd say Everton. I wouldn't go as far as Tottenham, I don't think. Whoa. Um, so yeah, I suppose I was thinking about this, and I like I think Chelsea will stay in the top four. I've actually I actually think Chelsea will finish second. Um. But that six-point gap after the weekend's looking quite big. But I think big. it's yeah, like I I can't see anyone else penetrating that top four now. Like Manchester United were my most likely candidate to drop out because I thought they would also lose to West Ham on the weekend. Um, but yeah, it looks like it, it's pretty close to set, isn't it? Because Chelsea are in a good run of form and like under Tuchel, very good tied. Leicester getting the players back. Manchester United have a nice buffer. They were they are missing Martial, Cavani, Pogba, um, and it looked like Rashford was going to be injured, but now he's not. So I think it's I think it's going to stay the way it is. But I think Chelsea are going to force their way up to second. Yeah, okay. What do you think? I've, got, I've got a similar yeah, I've got a similar thought. I think it's going to stay the way it is. Um, but I think I think Leicester and Chelsea might swap positions. Mm, yeah, we're both, we're both trying to understand our six, own team, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, but I think six points for um, Manchester United with only nine games to go, that's a lot. That's a big gap. I, I, um, know, I, just think, I think Chelsea are like so much – like Manchester United are going to drop points that they shouldn't and it's going to be very frustrating. Like I feel like Chelsea did it on the weekend, but we're not going to see that as much. Yeah, okay. Man, so Leicester play Manchester City next. Um, so if it goes like every other game so far for City, um, they should be able to win that. Manchester United are off to Brighton next. So what, what's the date of that? Is it that this weekend or is that next weekend? It'll be this weekend, I think. No, because Manchester United play Leicester City in the FA Cup this week. 20, oh, 3rd of April is the Brighton game for yeah. Manchester United. So this weekend we've got the FA Cup um, and Leicester City play Manchester United, which we can talk about on Thursday. But um, that could be very interesting and have wider permutations for the league as well um, if Manchester United do an absolute job on the Foxes. <laughs> but that's we need a trophy, really, don't you? Spend that much money, Manchester United. Uh, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, we need something. All right, so look, let's move on. So Arsenal 2, Tottenham 1. Bit of a surprise, this one, but if you watched the game, it was no surprise. Very good performance from Arsenal. What do you think? And run us through what was going on pre-game. Arteta's really stamping his mark, isn't he? Yeah, so Aubameyang um, apparently turned up late and broke team rules and was starting the game and then had to um, sit on the bench, so... Yeah, I don't know. A few people shocked by that, but I think that's pretty much standard practice, even at um, at the lower levels. That that 
happens, doesn't it? If you turn up late, you sit on the bench. Yeah, and I think it's good. Um, again, we had some discussions about this off air, but I think it's good that he did that to Aubameyang because I feel like Aubameyang's form hasn't been like he's the highest paid player at the club. Sounds like he's the biggest ego, but um, like he had he had to do it regardless of who it was. Like, turn do up you late. think? Oh, I I don't know. See, I think it, it's. It's worked out well for Arteta that it was a Bamiang, right? Because he can do it to a Bamiang. It does a, it has a bigger message to the team, and a Bamiang's probably tough enough to take it. Whereas if it if it, Saka turned up late, he'd do it to Saka. It might not have as big an impact um, within the dressing room, like it'd have big impact in social media and all the rest of it. But hmm. might not have as big impact in the dressing room. And could Saka be like strong enough to take it at the moment? When yeah. he's so early on in his career, I'm not so sure. So I think a lot of things worked out well in Arteta's favour and I think he made the right decision. Yeah, Roy Keane once um, instructed the Sunderland bus driver to drive off on three players because they were a minute late. Um, and David Beckham had to sit in the stands once against Leeds United. So I think it, like it, I think it's a good sign from Arteta. But um, after all this fanfare went on, Arsenal actually played really well, I thought. Um, and I think that 2-1 flattered Tottenham and Tottenham even taking the league flattered Tottenham. Do you think? Yeah. The, I don't know. I see. I thought up until until the goal, I thought Spurs were were doing okay. Um, I thought they were causing Arsenal a little bit of problems, and they were going back and forth. I wouldn't say they were in control, like Jose said in the press conference, but I thought they were value for um for their goal and their lead. But I think overall in the game, I think um, yeah, Arsenal definitely deserves it. But let's talk about that Lamella goal. So I read a stat during the week that Lamella has not completed a pass this season on his right foot. Um, he finds himself in the box on his right foot, ready to shoot. What does he do? Rabona. Yeah. So he's only out there because Sun gets injured as well. Even Hamstring, more. Yeah. yeah, that's not a good sign. But yeah, just ridiculous. Like I don't. There's a couple of things that impressed me in that goal. First was Lucas Moura's presence of mind to lay it off to him. Like two players surrounding him and he just lays off shoulder. But just I don't know how he thinks to do that. Like it, it's, Well, I think if you don't have a right foot, that's the first thing that comes to your mind. Yeah, and then he gets a bit lucky with the nutmeg and then it's in. And like, did you see Regulon's reaction? That's so good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's just unfathomable. Um, but absolute bit of genius from Lamella, and I think he was a bit shocked by it as well. Yeah. Um, I So, yeah, we mentioned Sonny um, hurting his hamstring there. Not good signs for Spurs, so we'll see how long and how much damage that will um, that will bring for, for Spurs. Both teams played a uh, 4-2-3-1, so, like, they were, like, equally matched up, and which kind of makes sense, right, if you look at their who they pick. So, um, Hoiberg and Don Ballet at the base, and then on the other side at Arsenal, they had um, Partey and uh, Xhaka sitting at the base. Um, the, the three across the middle, um, and then, yeah, Lacazette and Harry Kane up front. So, yeah, it was interesting that um, they both played an identical um, formation, but, like, the player's interpretation of that on both sides is very, very different. Mm. Another another impressive performance from Curantini as well. Um, I know we're going to sort of go back to it, but that, that left side seemed to be where they were having a bit of success with Tierney and Smith-Rowe. Um, like, obviously, that first Arsenal, the first goal for Odegaard there comes across the Tierney, lays it off inside for Odegaard. But prior to that, um, they had a good uh, good chance through Cedric, I believe. No, after that was after. He smacked the post and Smith-Rowe also hit the crossbar with a like, what would have been a stunning goal. 
Yeah, good strike from Smith Rowe. Um, I want to ask you, though, um, is teeny shirt being tucked in annoying anyone else or just me? Uh, just Jerry, he's got that workman-like appeal, doesn't he? Because he just gets, he, he goes like in, he's, he's so like anti-Arsenal, he just goes in and does his job and does it well. Like he's not particularly, he's not particularly flashy. He's not like a big player. He just goes in and does exactly what's asked of him every week. Um, and I don't think, you know, Arsenal fans can appreciate that enough right now. All right, let, let's go to the, the last two talking points of the game. So um, the Sanchez tackle. Um, on like a pen or no pen? What's it called? Yeah. Like, I think it's a pen, but it's desperately unlucky for Sanchez, isn't it? Because like, it's like, oh, how does he miss the ball like that? Like, he's a professional footballer. Like, it's unbelievable. Talk about like a Z. Yeah, I just don't, yeah. I don't know how he misses the ball by that far. Yeah. Um, but that's a pen. Like, he ends up just clattering him. Um, so there's no real arguments for me. What do you think? Yeah, well, I thought it was a pen, but I was surprised about how much um, noise was made from um, Spurs camp about how it wasn't a pen. I'm like, well, you can't really defend that because um, I think Jose in at the end of the press conference was sort of saying that, um, you know, he's miskicked it, the chance is gone. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but he still still sliced him down inside the box. It doesn't yeah. matter if the chance is gone or not. It's like it's like someone shooting it, going over the crossbar, and then mean going up and then kicking them and saying, "Oh, you've, you've missed the chance." Like it's still, <laughs> you know, it doesn't. Yeah. Oh, no, it didn't make sense to me. So yeah, for me that that was a pen. Um, and the other one was the second yellow card for Lamella. Yeah, it just gives him what a nice little slap in the face, doesn't he? I don't really have any problem with that. Um, I, I don't, if, especially if you're on a yellow. Yeah, yeah. put your arms down. Yeah, it was, it was just a bit naive. But, um, yeah, great win for Arsenal. But, it, like, I feel like with Jose Mourinho, it's like he you lose one game and he he almost panics now. Like, and the excuses come in thick and faster than ever. Instead, he's like, he's not composed at all following that. He's like, oh, we dominated, we did this, we did that. Like, it's not the end of the world losing the London derby. It's not great. But, like, I feel like he's just overdoing it a bit. Yeah, but I think if he was if he was mentioning things that were like plausible and reasonable, you'd go, "Oh yeah, okay, I can see what he's doing. I can see what angle he come from." But yeah, he was talking about how um, they dominated the first half. I didn't see that, mm. and he's talking about how the, that wasn't a pen, and the referee should come to the press conference to answer for it. And I was like, "Oh, I don't know. It kind of seems like a pen to me." So yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to relate to that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah watch the replay, Jose. I think it'll tell you a story in there. Um, but yeah, look, good result for Arsenal. So they uh, closed the gap on Spurs to just four points. Um, with a 2-1 win. Spurs really missed a trick here. Um, they could have gone up to fifth. But, yeah, did any chance Spurs can put a bit of pressure there? Or are they just going to end up in Europa? And can Arsenal sneak into the Europa League? Well, I think Spurs can put some pressure in, but I think reality is they'll end up in the Europa League. Um, I think that's probably the most likely landing spot, yeah. Yeah. All right, so... Um, Let's move on. So Manchester United won West Ham nil. Uh, own goal, bit of help for Manchester United, but a good result. Moyes derby. Mm. Well, uh, or Jalen's derby now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is too. So. Yeah. Um, no, like a, a good result for Manchester United. I think if you're not playing well and you're getting the result, I think that isn't that an indication that you're chugging along nicely? 
I don't know anymore. Um, but look, I suppose West Ham didn't really come with much adventure, which was surprising because they've been playing quite well lately. Um, they were pretty happy to sit off and let Manchester United have the ball. Obviously, Moisey knows that Manchester United don't like to attack. But I, I would have liked to have seen a bit more from West Ham because they were quite brave against Manchester City, which is surprising. And they're not against Manchester United. Yeah, I don't know. I suppose the only thing about that is that Manchester United play better off the back foot. So I think if you step on, then it sort of plays into their hands a bit. But yeah, I think, I don't know, it was a bit, the game was a little bit underwhelming. But um, yeah, I think the best thing for United is that they squeeze out the result um, and and keep their season rolling along. No real surprises in terms of um, team selection, given that the injuries Manchester United had, Greenwood. And um, Dan James coming into the team, but I don't think there's any other surprises other than that. No, not too much in there, but um, good result. You got it like you have to pinch those ones, and that the um, the result obviously had a big impact for West Ham there. So they're now three points behind Chelsea, and their top four ambitions might be done. I think for this year, um, and Manchester United obviously go back into second, jump above Leicester City, but just had to get out of that. No injuries was the main thing for Manchester United. Um, three points, just keep pressure on Manchester City. Yeah. All right, so we've got one more fixture this week. Just to give me a quick guess, who do you think is going to win? Wolves, Liverpool. By the time we record, this will have been played. Um, I probably think Liverpool will get it done, and I'm expecting something big from Jota. Uh, I'm going to check the score. Um, <laughs> something big from Jota in the old game. So, no. I'm going to check the score right now. I think Liverpool's up 1-0, and I reckon if I open that, it's going to be a goal from Jota, isn't it? Yep. All right. All right, so look, let's move on to the Champions League preview. So um, straight into it, Atletico versus Chelsea. So they're currently trailing 1-0. Can Atletico turn it around? I think Atletico can turn it around, um, whether they will or not. This is back at the bridge. So I think I'm still going to lean towards Chelsea. Obviously, they had a chance to rotate a couple of their players um, this week, whereas um, Atletico didn't get a chance to do that. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Chelsea. What do you think? Yeah, Atletico have been stuttering a little bit lately. I think this will be a particularly turgid affair. Um, but I actually think Atletico are going to go through, so do that. They have to win. Um, I, yeah, obviously Chelsea's done a great job with us. Uh, Chelsea, sorry, Tuchel's done a great job with Chelsea the last couple of weeks. But I just feel like these these moments, Simeone will find something. Like that's why he's the highest paid manager in the world. They will be awful, and I feel like Luis Suarez might be the one to pinch the winner here. Yeah, that that would be juicy. Yeah. All right. So next one is Lazio versus Bayern. So Bayern, obviously, excellent away. Picked up that 4-1 win. Lazio, any chance here? Uh, no chance. Bayern will flog them again and we will go through oh, maybe 7-2 on aggregate. 7-2. Yeah, very, pretty um, pretty specific. Yeah, I think no chance here for Lazio. It would take an absolute miracle to beat Bayern Munich. So, look, I think we're both pretty confident Bayern's going to go through. So this one is the one where I think we're going to be split Real Madrid won versus against a very plucky and um, I think oh, don't talk I, I think a side that were robbed in the first leg, Atalanta nil. Obviously had a player sent off early. Uh, can Atalanta turn this around? No, I think Real Madrid will be too strong for them. Really? So yeah. Real Madrid, Real Madrid lately have been better, 
but still not best. Um, obviously, Sergio Ramos is still out, and we all know what Rafael Varane is capable of without Sergio Ramos next to him. That is true. He's still in a contract feud as well, Ramos. Um, but yeah, Real Madrid unbeaten in the last five, and um, especially with the one nil lead again going back to um, the Bernabeu, I think they'll they'll be too good. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go against you. I'm gonna tip Atalanta to go through here. I think they can find something here. I think Duvan Zapata caused enough problems in the first leg before he got the hook, and I think he'll probably guide the boys through. I'm a brave man like that. So next one. Mochin Gladbach nil, Manchester City two. Mochin Gladbach have a bit of a history in this competition. Can they overturn this deficit? Uh, I don't think they can. I think like Man City, I would pick them, as I said, against um, pretty much any team unless it was Bayern. Um, one thing that's in Mochin Gladbach's favour is that this is at the Puskas Arena because they can't go to England at the moment, Mochin Gladbach. So... I don't know, no home ground advantage. I think that helps them a little bit, but I think Man City, just especially with the, the lead, will be too good and go through. Yeah, it's going to be very hard for much in Gladbach, isn't it? But um, I think City will get through this one comfortably, probably keep a clean sheet, and I don't mind Johnny Stones to score a goal either. All right, so I've got um, I've got Chelsea, Bayern, Madrid, and Man City to go through. You've got Atletico. Bayern, Atalanta, and City to go through. Um, yeah, just a bit braver. Um, let's see if we see if we come good. Let's do a quick tour of the Europa League. So Arsenal three one up against Olympia. Of course, pretty comfortable they'll go through. You think so from here? Yep. Yep. Okay. So then Dynamo Zagreb, Tottenham, Tottenham leading two 0 on aggregate. Same, same here. Same, same here. Yep. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I have too many problems there. Um, Mulder, Granada. Now I know you're particularly interested in this fixture. Granada leading two nil, but the Norwegian heavyweights are there any chance? Yeah, I'm going for Mulder to turn it around here. Really? Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah, the spirit of Oligan Asalskia runs strong through there. Um, so Shakhtar down three nil against Roma. So that's a surprise. Can they that turn is that a around? Surprise. They can't turn that around. I did pick Shakhtar um, going into this fixture, so, yeah, I'm a bit shocked that uh, that was the case, yeah. Yeah, so Villarreal leading 2-0 against Dynamo Kiev. Who's, you like Villarreal in this one? Yeah, it's too much, isn't it? Too much. Yeah. No, this, one, this one's on a knife edge. So Leicester City's um, defeat is Slavia Prague. Level 1-1 with Rangers. Rangers have won the league since then. Can Stevie G's boys get through? Well, I think they've got a single focus now. So I think, yes, I'm leaning towards Rangers. I think they'll have all their eggs in this uh, Europa League basket and I'm going for them to, to get it done. Yeah, we might have to split this because you might have to watch it. I would like to watch that game because I think it will be enthralling. Um, but the next fixture is Milan-Manchester United. One all. Mi- Milan, definitely the better team in the first leg. But Manchester United could have some cattle back on board for this one. Do you think they'll go through Oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? I'm, I'm thinking Milan will go through here. Mm, this would have been a massive fixture 20 years ago. Um, and Zlatan's now not back? No. Zlatan's not back, no. No, I think he's he's getting a prosthetic hip put in. So he's getting that okay. replacement done. Not uncommon All for right. a man his age. And then last, one, the last one, young boy. <laughs> so you, you've been to them. <laughs> You're a big fan of young boys. And so young boys, Ajax. Um, Ajax up 3-0. Will they rest a couple, you think, Ajax? Uh, I think so. I think they won't they won't rotate fully, but yeah, I think they'll leave one or two out. And yeah, obviously three nil is too much. Yep. So then potentially, um, obviously Europa League gets exciting now when we get rid of the 
get rid of these lesser teams. Um, but could be a couple of big fixtures next week, but I think Ajax will walk through. So, look, we've got a listener has sent in a multi for this week. Um, yeah, they want to remain anonymous. But here's what we go. We've got Manchester City. So, that's a banker tick at 125 against, against yeah, Borussia Oh yeah. So, then Real Madrid versus Atalanta. We've got Karen Benzema just to score a goal at any time. And then we got Bayern Munich to beat Lazio at 133. Uh, Tottenham to beat Dynamo Zagreb. And then Manchester United to beat AC Milan. And $10 will pay $145.24. That's not too bad. Oh, I'm probably worried about the Spurs one the most. Really? Oh, I think Gareth Bale loves playing these lesser teams and will absolutely fill his boots. But um, if you want to get in touch with the show, email is footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com, um, Facebook, football played on paper, Instagram at football played on paper, and Twitter at football on pods. Any more? No, all good. Enjoy the football. All the best.